0: Okay, so we have a new episode of Legends and Leaders, and it's great to have Akash here. You know, you're somebody that has taken on this movement of digital expression and uh, made it accessible for so many to benefit from, and with the highest quality tools and ways to create avatars and um, you know things you can put on them. We've done so many different partnerships with Justin Bieber, Rihanna, and you've scaled this out to and put you know avatar creation and high quality avatar creation really at the forefront of uh, of the social media space and been leading the wave on the type of metaverse you know in kind of Web three well, not even Web3, just metaverse in general that people can benefit from and can be scalable. So I'm excited to have you here and to get into your story.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So where did your passion for business leadership, entrepreneurship come from? Was it something that you had as a kid? Was there some sort of experience that got you really into, the, hey, I wanna create a business? How did this begin?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I was born and raised in Mountain View. And so you're kind of like in the heart of quote unquote, Silicon Valley. Um, and I know that sounds kind of cliche, but the truth is there's so many different ideas and uh, culture around starting a business that are transmitted through osmosis, just being around people that think about these ideas that are that are typically not conventional. And so I used to joke all the time, like I played soccer my entire life and, you know, you could, you could argue at any given time in our lineup that the left forward's mother was this CEO or that the center back's dad was this VC or uh, <laughs> our back right's back um our back right back was uh, was an engineer of some sort working on a really new product and so you were exposed to it super super early on and so when you're exposed to that type of chatter just people conversing around ideas that again they aren't part of like the typical uh, they're not they're not part of like the typical progression around how to advance your quote unquote uh career within this governing of society then i feel like it's just natural for you to start having like the same ideas um uh, and so, like, early on, we were building different quote-unquote businesses, I guess, but, like, when you think about even, like, the word business, it's, it's just, like, a formality of your thoughts. And so, like, I feel like uh, without incorporating something formal, we were just trying new shit and trying to get other people to try our shit that we were putting out there, probably when I was in elementary school. And you could, like, go all the way back to even just, like, the way that we went about lemonade stands, you know, like when you're putting out a lemonade stand, like a very traditional way to do it is just like price down three cups, go get some lemons, and then uh, and then just start like, I don't know, it would be like a weekend activity that you could do with your friends. But like what we would do is like we would introduce so many new elements. Like we were trying to make it like almost as like cornerstone circus. It was like offering like different, uh, I remember it was like performances. We would like, get, we were trying like different like quote unquote like business models to an extent. It was uh, trying to engage, like we were like, price, it's kind of illegal, but like you were like pricing people differently depending on the answers that they were giving you. Like, it was just like interesting stuff. So without saying like uh, business, and I think like replacing the word business with just, when did you start thinking of ideas? I would say like my friends and myself and all my schoolmates, you're, you're almost like taught without intention to think about new ideas pretty early on, maybe like third or fourth
0: grade. <laughs> So this is kind of your mindset that you have. You go to college, you go to University of Michigan, and I mean, think you you wound up dropping out of the school. So you followed in great footsteps, right? Mark Zuckerberg, et cetera, other people that have created tech companies and dropped out. Why? What happened then? Was there a different, a business idea that you had that you wanted to pursue that you felt like this was the way to go and it was ready to get and traction? Why did you decide to leave and what were the next steps you took?
1: Yeah. So I mean, like going off and even like your first question, you know, I've been creating different ideas or products from ideas or things from ideas for maybe around I was like what maybe like 20 when I dropped out of school 2021 so um at that point maybe for like six seven years and I always used to joke to my parents you know at one point during school I'm just going to drop out I want to pursue these ideas full time and they would be like please don't do that obviously like education is everything (laughs) parents are Indian if you couldn't tell and so obviously like education is everything for them right so um you know, we were, we were kind of like in this high frequency of testing them. And it was good because like by the time I was like 20 years old, even though I had no formal experience on like the quote unquote market, I had a ton of experience just like trying to realize an idea from your imagination into something physical or something that you could at least give to somebody else. And so like, I think like when you go through your first initial set of ideas, you're humbled really quickly because um, typically when somebody has an idea, they're like, oh, or at least like when you're first thinking of ideas that you want to realize into something, you think that they're bulletproof. You're like, oh, this is amazing. This is guaranteed to work. You're going to get the Kool-Aid, especially when you're really uh, young and naive. And I definitely had that phase, but I had that phase when I was in high school. Right. So like I went through the process already of like this is idea I have, this is guaranteed going to work and then shipping it and then getting like two users. So, um, because we had that, I think like humility mm-hmm. in some regards, and we had been like, you know, humbled through many different launches. Um, the, the test, the, the, the approach was very much with that in mind. It was like, let's test as many different things underneath this like, overarching uh, theme that we have, which is around uh, social communication and connection. Let's try different ways to connect people in a new way in video. and Now let's get, try a new way to connect people via text and then photo and so forth. I'm trying all these different sorts of mediums. Um, until finally, actually one day, it was like my junior year, we were coming out with maybe like our eighth experiment at this time. And it was a, a a company called or not a company i guess it was an idea called blend and it was like a college exclusive social network and so forth and um i went to michigan and so um you know we, we obviously had like zero dollars at the bank and we were trying to figure out like our gtm strategy i guess but back then it was just like how do we get people to use this we had gone through so many different launches at this point where we launched something we get like no exaggeration like you sacrifice an entire year an entire summer you ship it and you get six users and it's like your mom, your dad, your sister, and so forth, right? And so we've been through a number of those, like, dude, we need like a hot, like we want like just like a thousand, 10,000 people. So we just came out with this statement saying, this is a college exclusive social network, unless you're from Ohio State. So anybody that was downloading that app from Ohio State, cause I went to Michigan, uh, we just started deleting their accounts, like one after the next. And sure enough, like <laughs> it became like the talk of town, like everybody was writing about it and so forth. And we got our first surge of a hundred thousand users. And so when that happened and we saw some really interesting engaging metrics, that's when I decided to leave. Um, And so like, I remember my mom calling me, she was like Akash, like, you know, she was like literally seeing it in the news. So she was like Akash, like whatever you do, please, please, please graduate. I was eight credits away from graduating. Um, And I was like, mom, don't worry, I got you. And the next day I went to the admin office, withdrew my papers and then ended up back home.
0: Wow. So then how did the, how did Genies come about? Like how did the idea for Genies come about and, you know, why, what happened with Blend in the end?
1: Yeah. So blend ended up like peaking, I guess you could say, um, shortly thereafter. So like I dropped out in 2014 and probably around 2017 was when December 8th, 2017 is like when we actually put our first version of a genie avatar out there in the wild. Um, and so it was probably around like 2016 where we're like, ah, uh, like blend is Pete. We had an opportunity to sell the company. It wasn't that interesting or it wasn't that meaningful. Um, and so the, the the question was really the, the question came down to a few different options. It was like one, do we shut down the company, whatever we had, and go back to school? Do we um, continue blend and sell it and then work at this new third party, or three, do we keep the team together and pivot into something different and so we chose path three Now remember like our overarching theme around like what we want to be able to do is uh, allow people to better express and connect with others. And so all these different ideas were under that theme in mind. Um, And I mentioned a few different mediums of communication beforehand that we were testing within, right? It was like photo, video, and text. Uh, But ultimately, we ended up like really falling in love with the concept of avatar as the next form, of right? And the reason why is because it, I don't know, I think it was going through like a really interesting phase where like, Gaming was becoming more interesting, you know, emojis were having its moment. Bitmoji was coming onto market and you could kind of <laughs> see the like trend. And I'm a big believer that like every single generation has a different way that they communicate and they connect depending on the context they were born within. So for example, if you look back at my parents, my parents are like, they didn't have the internet. So if, because they didn't have the internet, they're like the way that we communicate and the way that we connect is through physical interactions. When I grew up, it was with the internet. And so I sit there, I was like, you know, the way that when I but, but I didn't grow up within TikTok. I grew up like right when the internet was coming about, right? So it was like AIM in like middle school days and stuff like that, right? So for me, I was like, just the fact that I can text with my friends, like that allows me to better express myself and also connect with other people, right? Um, now it's gotten crazy. It's like people are being born within Roblox, getting born within TikTok. They're born within this new realm, this new context. And so the, 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 the desired means to express and connect have a much higher standard than ours, And so there's, in my opinion, I thought an avatar was a really, really cool culmination of it. It was something that uh, could serve as your emotional surrogate for your thoughts, your feelings, um, in an artistic way. And it could be an agent that can store a ton of information that could be valuable um,
0: over time as well. So how did your first breakthrough for Genius happen? Was it some sort of endorsement that you did that people saw? said, hey, look at the quality here of, of a genie, you know, look at the quality of the character? Like but what was the first major breakthrough that you had to gain traction?
1: So December 8th, 2017 was like a really interesting day because keep in mind, again, like at that point, I'd been through a dozen experiments. Um, And again, the experiments were like myself and one other buddy and we're building stuff and we're launching it to like our college friends and stuff. And you had like a few that had some glimmer moments kind of like blend, but nothing that really actually had like skyrocket success. Um, but really fell in love with the power of an avatar and spent a lot of time obsessing around like what an avatar can actually mean to the core human nerve and uh we rolled out our take on what avatars could mean to people not just as like a sticker not just as like an emoji pack but really something that can be an extension of your identity and now like those words sound almost like um uh, they've almost lost their meaning because now everybody says expression of identity and or an extension of your identity, and uh, back then nobody was saying that, right? Like back then, when I was talking about avatars, people thought I was talking about the movie avatar. So it's come a really, really long way. Uh, but the 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 release that we had was actually targeted to kids, and kids loved it. And it was like basically your avatar reenacting some of it, your most memorable moments. Um, it was like our first MVP. And funny enough, even though college kids really really liked it, we like it was it was so strange. I'm trying to remember the exact first moment, but it was like. A few different celebrities started hitting our press account saying, we've been seeing these avatars. They're really sexy. They're really cool looking. Can I get one? And I think like the first one was actually like Offset from Migos. We're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Made one for Offset. We kind of thought of it as almost like a marketing tactic, right? Keep in mind, we're like three, four people in a WeWork at that point. Um, and so it's not like we had like an infinite amount of resources to chase every single use case. We're like, oh, this is kind of dope. like. Should we just see how somebody's going to use our product in a way that maybe we didn't imagine? And so we made this, um, we made the avatar for OPSEC. He posted it on Instagram and it was, it was like an animation of his avatar doing something that his physical self typically wouldn't do, but it was a way for him to express a different side of his personality. Um, and when he posted it, then you got a DM from Cardi. Then you got a DM from Cardi. Then we made one for her and then she posted it and so forth. And then, um, that's kind of where things started to unravel. And it was funny, like the way the celebrities were using our product was still with the same ethos of how we imagine people would generally use our product, which is using an avatar to express all different sides of their personality. And sometimes in a way that their physical self is incapable or unwilling to do so. And so that's like the first moment, I think when we're getting a lot of, December 18, 2017 is when like a bunch of college kids started downloading the app and started getting really interested in it. Uh, But then when we really started scaling was when celebrities started to use it as one of like their main methods to connect with fans in a new and engaging way, um, and a way to be able to moralize some of their key life-defining moments.
0: So Offset just basically posted it without, it wasn't like a paid commercial or anything, it was you built this avatar, he liked it, he just posted it.
1: Yeah, we've zero, literally, literally zero times have we ever done a paid endorsement. Um, We actually have this thing within like the quote unquote marketing department, which is still very, very small, which is pretend like you have $0 in the bank. And, You do that so that everybody tries to imagine two things. One, um, what are things that can can be elicited directly from the product itself? So this is like a pretty good uh, example of that, right? It's like, how can we generate marketing through just creating avatars for certain people? And then number two is that um, uh, it it forces you to think of these very unconventional, out-of-the-box ideas that aren't like your typical kind of like lazy paid, uh, paid ads or paid indoors. I'm well, not lazy per se, but at least for like a startup at that age, you don't really want to find yourself in that situation. Uh, and so it was very organic and worked quite well for us.
0: So then you decided to do partnerships with the NFLPA, the, um, the NBA, with uh, their player Association, Universal Music. Like how impactful were those? Because you did really get some traction you know, organically from people reaching out. Was that, Did that really help take you to a different level?
1: Uh yeah, it was, it was a formality. I mean, those partnerships were basically a formality for, uh, uh, of the traction that we were already experiencing, right? So like in uh, 2019 is when things really started to scale for us. 2020 is when there was like a moment where we had traction from all the key, uh, all the key uh, icons and celebrities and artists from UMG and WMG and Sony. Um, and then we also had the same level of traction amongst everybody in the NFL, the MLB, the NBA and so forth. And, uh, when 2020 happened and everybody had to shut down, um, these, these, um, uh, I guess like larger incumbents entities and labels were looking at how are we going to be able to exercise some of our in-person activities through a virtual format. And many of them obviously sat there and were just like, okay, we've
0: seen genies
1: being exploding amongst our clientele. Is there a way that we can formalize this partnership so that we can realize even more of it? So, that's how we ended up signing with like umg and wmg and then we also signed with the nflpa the
0: mlbpi and then the mbpa as well what do you think has led, like from a management standpoint has led to like really high fidelity high quality avatars because you guys have set the industry standard is it just that you have picked really great designers you just is it something operationally done like what do you think has led to that type of success and quality
1: i think it's like a, i think it's like twofold i think one, understanding that fidelity of an avatar has an impact on um, how the user wants to use, or which avatar the user wants to use, right? And like, we're working on a bunch of stuff right now that makes it so that it's like any art style, any aesthetic, any preference that you have, you can use within Genies, right? So um, the the I guess like that concept is, or the concept that you're bringing up is more of a point from the past, but I think like one, Um, To get started, at least, it was really important for us to hire the right people that could, I I think it's not as much as like uh, designers, but like technical art. So it's like anybody can draw up like a beautiful avatar, but having that avatar scale as 3D, having that avatar scale in in a way where a user can design that type of avatar with individual 3D assets is another thing. And then it's another thing to make sure that all those assets can also perform on a phone. Right. So it's like it loads performantly um, it interacts performantly. Any of the use cases where you want it to load is also performant. So I think it was like one, having a commitment to aesthetic being a priority. And then number two, making sure that we hired the right personnel in order to execute that vision.
0: What do you think you learned most from having Bob Iger on your board? Was it just you think he gave you management advice or just or? like maybe it was in terms of creativity, how to, how to lead creative, creative people and to produce new types of products? Like, what do you think he impacted you most with?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, like, I, I never thought of Bob adding value in the context of like Bob Iger. I always thought it in the context of like him as like maybe just like a human. Um, you know, like when we first were, when the opportunity first came up for Bob to join our board, um, I was very direct and I mean, he would tell you this too. I was very direct in the sense of saying like, look, this is like a really difficult decision because like on one hand, your impulse is like, of course, Bob Iger wants to join a board. It's like the first and only thing that he wants to do, like outside of his time at Disney and he decided us. Uh, so yeah, of course you're like, you know, you know, let me take advantage of this on the second hand. Uh, on the other hand, rather, I was sitting there saying, okay, but I don't know Bob super well yet. And he doesn't know. I mean, he knows us well, but. He doesn't know us like super, super well. Um and in order to understand this vision really, really well, you need to spend like dozens and dozens, hundred like literally like multi-hundred hours really diving into this stuff and really understanding um the nook and cranny of every single like user segmentation. Um our philosophy for the future, what we want to execute now and so forth. Hundreds is like, I mean, you know, that's like my perfect case scenario. Obviously, it's somewhat of an exaggeration. It's like, you know, a lot of time more than just like, oh, yeah, let's like hang out for like four different meetings. Now you're going to be on our board. Um, and so like I had a discussion with him and I was like, hey, listen, like, why don't we do this instead of you jumping on the board right away? Why don't we just make a concerted effort and a plan to get to know each other really well over the next six months? And if after the six months, one of two things are going to happen, one, You're going to fall more and more in love with the vision. We're going to fall more and more in love with you. And then it makes you joining the board that much better of a decision. And you would have been ramped up to the point where you can actually have huge impact in the business. Or number two, the more you learn about the business, the more you hate the business and the idea, and the more that we learn about you, maybe we don't like you as much and so forth, right? So we both agree that that was the best process to move forward. And it ended up obviously being the former. And so, like, I guess to answer your question directly, the reason why I'm, like, giving it that caveat is I didn't view it as, it wasn't transactional. It wasn't like, Bob, like, I've seen that you've done this with Disney. Like, how can you now extrapolate those three moves that you did with Disney and apply it to Genie's? It was more like, it was almost unsaid. It was like a, a product and strategy thought partner. There wasn't any one key moment that I can go back to and be like, Bob helped with this moment. It was more of like this unsaid natural partnership. We would talk to each other. He would ask a ton of questions about like some of our road. I mean, like honestly, a lot of it was just product roadmap. It was like, Bob, this is like an idea that we, this is how we view the future. Are you aligned? And he's seen many, many different cycles of the future throughout his entire career. And so I feel like the questions he was asking, he maybe didn't say, you know, back in Disney, when I was thinking about this, like this is the question I was trying to answer. It was more of like understanding that because those are the questions he is asking and he's seen the future many, many times, we may want to spend more time in this area understanding the details, or like actually that might bring up like a decent cause for concern. Like let's explore a little bit more what a solution might look like for that aspect that he's asking. Is that making sense? It was more of this like subconscious thought, thought partnership or thought, yeah, I guess like thought partner in many ways.
0: Yeah, definitely makes sense. I think it's good that you spent, you know, a good amount of time trying to make sure that you're both aligned and what you wanted to create together. And that he was very much on the same page with that, like, definitely good to spend the time and to make sure that he can really add value, maybe in other ways than just, you know, copying or, or emulating some of the things he did. Um, so I would say the Apple Vision Pro is planning to come out pretty soon. You know, you're very much focused on communication and new forms of communication with G's and with a digital, almost a digital second self. Um, how do you think that, that your approach will change? Or if not, what do, what do you want to be able to create for platforms like the Apple Vision Pro?
1: Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because that's um, that's one of the first conversations I had with Bob a few years ago. It was um, when you're talking about the future, you're making bets for the future. One of our bets is um, every single identity layer and also internet layer is dictated by its computing device. So we're sitting there and we're talking about what do we think the next computer device is going to look like. And we start talking about when Apple is going to release some type of um, AR headset or glasses in some form. Um, and in our opinion, we believe an avatar is going to realize its fullest potential in this new format, right? Um, it's not like you're going to show up as like at Ben wise, a username floating when I have these like headsets on, and you're not going to show up as like a 2d static profile, like Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or anything like that. You're going to be immersed into some type of 3d realm. And so what we believe that's going to be is an avatar. Um, and so we made the investment pretty early on to make sure that we were thinking about an avatar in context of XR performance, XR compatibility, and really what does an identity system in layer mean when everybody is wearing these headsets with these glasses? And you know, even if it's many, many years away from when there's gonna be real meaningful adoption, um, we're taking the gamble that it's inevitably gonna happen, right? Um, and so I think like the use cases are more of like, you know, we've come out with a developer kit where we're going to incentivize people, and not even incentivize, encourage people um, to use our avatar system within their social interactive air experiences. Creating an avatar system can be a lot of work and creating a good one is even more work, right? Um, and so like, we're trying to make all of our tools and all of our components available so that people can create a really interesting experience um, and like the way that we talk about it is like an avatar experience is going to be like the mini app of the future, right? So if like we assume that everybody's going to be at one point wearing these these headsets, they're going to be in a default mixed reality setting. And you can try to think of like, okay, how does, um, I don't know, like take any favorite app that you have, right? It's like, okay, so like what is this game like, uh, uh, like a basketball game on mobile today? What would it look like if you had to reimagine it in an MR setting? Okay. Well, now that you've reimagined that, what role do avatars play in it? Okay. Now that we know that, should we leverage Genies as tools to be able to power some of these experiences? Right. Um, so it's less about like saying these are the experiences that Genies is going to be launching. It's more of like how can we? We, we know that avatars are going to be a prerequisite in any social interactive MR experience. So how can we break? How can we break down all the tools and all the assets and all the things and the technology that we've created here into components? Uh, and accessible uh, sets of features that people can use um, in the future of the mini
0: apps. So, you know, based on that, because that's definitely part of your vision, right? The next five to 10 years of what you want to do. Like, what are some of your overall goals of what you want to accomplish? You know, let's say by end of 2024 and then as well as within the next five to 10 year period.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, the future goal again, is like, how do we lay out genies in a way so that it is one of like the, the, um, it is a, a primary avatar that you want to use in the future. And a lot of it comes down to how can we nail avatars for consumers? We've been able to, quote, unquote, nail it for um, people of, of high notoriety, right? So we talked about the labels. We talked about the sports organizations. But um, the jury's still out right now on consumers. And we're really excited about um, the different use cases that we have ava- that, we're, that we're trying to make available to them this year. And it all stems from our dev kit, right? So, like, we've come out with a dev kit. Um, it's an early access right now. It's going to be publicly available this year, um, where people can leverage all the key components that have created some of these use cases that they've seen within Justin B. Ruriana and so forth that you mentioned um, earlier on this podcast and see what types of experiences developers will make with them. Um, a huge focus for us when we're thinking about like what makes the best avatar system or the best identity layer out there is a stress and an emphasis on interoperability and limitless creativity. And so uh, we've been working on two main components around this. One is visual interoperability, and that comes down to our auto rigging uh, via our our art platform, our our crowdsourced art platform called The Workshop. And number two is behavioral interoperability. And that comes down to uh, data absorption and allowing somebody to be able to um, use their avatar as a way to learn more about themselves from one place to the next and having an interoperable effect going from one experience to the next. so this year, it's really uh, bringing to life our first party platform that crowdsources all of these experiences together called Genie's Party and being able to execute on that uh, and starting to get a good understanding. What do consumers want out of these avatars and do they view it the same way that we do?
0: Well, I think that's all the questions that I had. I appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to see the vision fully come to life. I think what you're going to do with Genie's Parties is going to be exciting and take a lot of the different concepts that you've had and really put them together and create something that's an experience for people and that can help attract more of the youth. So really excited to see it come to life and your other creations and appreciate you coming on.
1: Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it.